home where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. What the hell is that? There's no one else here, that infernal ringing. Who are you? Gary Hoffman. I was raised to do one thing. Shannon Farron. Nothing will stand in our way. The Force. It's calling to you. Gary and Shannon. Just let it in. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside You did that on purpose. You can't. You can't share secrets with me. I'm not telling you anything. Wait a minute. Ever again. You have to explain where the song came from. Or should I? Let me just read it. No, I'll tell the story. I was getting in a lift yesterday in Vegas. And I get into the car and he says, what would you like to listen to? He was playing some classic rock or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is fine. Classic rock, great. He's like, all right, let me just get this. Uh, and he goes to pull up a song. And he pulls up this song. Fat Bottom Girls. Fat Bottom Girls. Mm. I mean, it's a good song. But, but he the chewed it up it. right when I got in the car. Uh, Thanks for making me relive that. Well, Appreciate it. You're a good friend. Come on. I laugh. Thought we could all laugh together. I guess the fat shaming continues into this week. I didn't, so I don't know that this is fat shaming. It's more lift shaming. Last week, you were calling Nick fatty in the office. Yeah, because I he told me I had permission to call him that because his doctor told him he's got to lower his blood pressure. Hey, fatty. So he said I could do it. It's encouraging, I think is one way to put it. Uh, all right, in the uh, in the one thirty segment, actually, of the uh, Fat Bottom Girls uh, and uh, Shannon's Lyft adventure over the weekend, let us uh, bring back, blew the dust off the old Uber confessional. Uh, and in the one thirty segment, we're going to talk a couple of Uber stories. And if you have some good Uber stories, we'd love to hear them. Um, we'll do that in the one thirty segment. That duck boat that capsized and sunk last week, killing seventeen people, was raised from that lake in uh, Missouri, right outside Branson today. I was reading over the weekend there. Well, we told you last week about that one family of 11, nine people were killed. And then I was reading uh, a story this morning about a family of nine that didn't lose anybody. And they're dealing with huge survivor's guilt right now. It was a, a horrific, horrific story. There were a couple of people killed in Toronto last night in the Greek town neighborhood when a guy walked down the street and just started shooting into cafes. 13 people were hurt before this guy was eventually shot and killed by Toronto police. Um, we're getting more information, and in fact, uh, towards the uh, bottom of this hour is when we'll get into the, some of the details of that. We start with the story that 
really overwhelmed everyone in Los Angeles over the weekend. I, mean, I was getting alerts on this thing every uh, half hour or so. This was at Silver Lake. It was a long standoff and a shootout that left a, a store manager dead at that Trader Joe's. Neil Saavedra joins us. Neil lives in the area and was there on uh, on Saturday. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, it's pretty crazy and a little surreal when there's two major areas in Silver Lake that are highly populated. Uh, one is what they call Sunset Junction, which is on where uh, uh, Vermont and, and Sunset and uh, Hollywood uh, Boulevard come together. That's a major area, a lot of restaurants, a lot of shops, uh, boutique shops. And then there's Hyperion. And this area between uh, in north to south, you've got Griffith Park Boulevard, and then you've got uh, uh, Monon Street, which kind of goes directly into this Trader Joe's area. These are the two major kind of gathering places, um, shopping areas. So this is this is kind of one of the you know major hearts of the Silver Lake, uh, Atwater Village, uh, Los Feliz area, and to have stores and places you frequent like this have something like um, that was uh, is so intense shootouts and television style movie style shootouts on the street is is pretty insane so I went out there right after this hit during the fork report near the end of the show I went out there and um, you know out with people and get a lay of the land for the station and was really blown away at an intense police presence and uh you know of course the fire department emt was out there as well i you know this is i've worked at kfi for over two decades and have been in multiple riots for the station including the 1999 dnc riots downtown and i've still never seen the presence of police and uh personnel like i saw for this event probably because it was like you painted so so heavily populated there there's so many people out and about really is. So, so let me just kind of, uh, for people that aren't familiar, yeah, across the street from the Trader Joe's is a massive Gelson's market. In addition, and, and I'm going to give you, not on purpose, but this is just the area, I'm going to give you a lot of food places in the area. So <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's late. I'm like looking at all the, all the landmarks and I'm thinking, okay, there's no way to really describe this area without getting into food. But Gelson's market there is this beautiful um, and a newly redone massive market and they have not only you know your traditional market fair but outside they actually have a dining area they have uh seating and umbrellas and all of this inside they often have as i'm sure they did that saturday uh, a, a either a guitarist or a three-piece band playing inside the gelson's um, a very artsy community uh, and um, a lot of uh, people in the music industry and the like. And then um, across the street, you have Trader Joe's. At one point there, uh, this is all taking place on Hyperion Avenue, which is a main thoroughfare that turns into, I believe it turns into Brand Boulevard that goes into Glendale. But you've got right across the way, just north of Trader Joe's, you have Say Cheese, which is a gourmet cheese shop, great cheese shop. And they had a sniper, uh, SWAT had a sniper on top of there. So imagine wow. your neighborhood, where wherever your gathering place is, where um, 
you know, you and Craig go Shannon or you and Shannon go Gary when you're you know, going to go eat and grab a bite or whatever. That's what this place is. This is my neighborhood, Trader Joe's. This is the Trader Joe's I go to. This is the Gelson's I go to. I go to all these shops. They had a staging area just south uh, where they were taking people that were able to get out of the Trader Joe's. They were taking them just south to a, a Jersey Mike Subs. There's a Magpie Soft Serve right there. Um, a, a clothing store called Crossroads Trading. There's all these places where people, every single day, you see families here. You see people walking their dogs. You see people with their uh, kids in tow or in strollers. Every single day, this is a major thoroughfare for this area, uh, for multiple areas, for Atwater Village, for Silver Lake, for Los Feliz. This is a major, major area, and it's always filled with, you know, hipsters and uh, uh, people who have old, uh, you know, like old art money uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, hippie kind of types, um, to mixtures of people. And to, to think of this kind of disruption is a really powerful and juxtaposition of how it normally is and probably took people by massive surprise. Um, of course, gunshots would take anybody by surprise, but in this area, it's just you often hear music and bands playing and, um, you know, kids and, and things like that. They're, it just it's really strange to have something of that kind of energy uh, happening in this space. Mm. Neil, thank you. My pleasure, guys. Neil Happy News and Brews Week. Thank you very much. <laughs> we do have a suspect in custody. It's, this all started with a wild car chase. Uh, looks like he assaulted, shot numerous times his grandmother before the wheels were in motion to start this standoff at Trader Joe's. We'll get into all the details and, and why the LAPD is also under fire about this as well. Uh, as a reminder, Neil just mentioned it. We're going to be live this week, uh, Friday, as a matter of fact, down in Huntington Beach at HQ Gastro Pub. We'd love it if you would come on out. Uh, we'll do the show live from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, come on out and have some lunch or a beer or a glass of wine, whatever it is, and enjoy because it's going to be 157 degrees in the <laughs> valleys on uh, Friday. That might be a great opportunity for you to get uh, at least into the low 90s, perhaps, along the beach. Gary and Shannon, big stories of the day. Shooting in Toronto last night. Two people killed, 12 more injured at least. Also, the president escalating a, a war of words with his Iranian counterpart over Twitter. We'll be getting into that coming up next. But right now, we're talking about the shootout in Silver Lake at the Trader Joe's. Can we please stop with all the caps, all caps thing? The all caps, seriously. Um... Yeah, so Saturday afternoon, this uh, story took basically the the nation uh, because the president was even tweeting about this hostage situation at the Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. A 28-year-old guy identified as the suspect, and it all started when he apparently got into a fight with his grandmother over the fact that his girlfriend was at the home. This was on East 32nd Street in South L.A. Grandmother raised this guy, Gene Atkins. Um, apparently, he had many run-ins with police um, and many violent arguments with Grandma, but she would always take him back. He would, she would always go to his rescue. 
they got into some fight about whether or not the girlfriend should stay at the house or is at the house. Grandma was was angry about it, and uh, this guy took his gun out and shot her seven times. By the way, Grandma apparently is going to be okay. That's insanity. She was hit seven times, and yes, she has had multiple surgeries, but she's going to be okay. Um, He gets into a car. uh, His girlfriend kidnaps his own girlfriend and takes Grandma's Toyota Camry. That's the car that you saw run into the telephone pole uh, or the utility pole outside the Trader Joe's. The woman, now he gets out of the car, gets into this shootout with police and runs into the store. The woman, the girlfriend, had a head wound of some kind. I've heard it described as a graze wound, but it may have also been uh, he pistol whipped her at one point. But before the shootout, he was found in Hollywood. They were able to use the low jack on the car to locate him, and that's when the chase begins. The cops right now just want him for shooting his grandmother seven times, right, and kidnapping the girlfriend and stealing the car. So the chase starts, and he blows out his own rear window shooting at the police. They're trading shots back and forth. It really was cinematic. The pursuit ends with the Camry crashing into a light post outside that Trader Joe's. He and the officers continue to, 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 uh, to trade gunfire outside the store. According to people who were there here, by the way, was uh, was the new chief of the LAPD. His first huge story that um, that he had to, I guess, put his face on. But he was describing what happened once the guy ran into the store. There it is. Blake, give me a little Blake, give me a sound. here. Inside the store, a young woman was shot and killed. Uh, at the, our officers rescued that woman from inside and attempted to render aid with the assistance of L.A. Fire and unfortunately uh, were unable to revive her. Hours. This took hours. You could see uh, shoppers and employees crawling out of windows. He did allow some people to leave and they walked out with their arms up. This is during this hours-long negotiation with the LAPD. He was pacing inside of the store, according to witnesses, holding a gun, shouting as people were hiding behind food displays. He was bloodied and unnerved is how he was described. There is a, uh, a scary undercurrent in all of this where we don't know yet who it was that, in fact, Killed the woman inside. It could have been gunfire from the police. Yeah, and, and the the family, you know, for the family of Melita Corrado, the woman who was killed, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not, it doesn't change the fact that, that they lost their, their sister, their daughter on Saturday. But, and by the way, that doesn't mean, either way, the guy would be charged with murder. That's right. It's provocative act murder, which means that uh, someone commits an act that provoke someone else to kill someone else, a third party. And by the way, there are questions about, you know, if you if you ask somebody in the neighborhood, in fact, the L.A. Times says, how are police deciding to open fire in a packed place in the afternoon on a Saturday? I'll tell you very clearly how this guy already had already shot and he probably believed killed his own grandmother, uh, had kidnapped his girlfriend was leading police on a high-speed chase while shooting at officers. So there is a very high likelihood and a clear conclusion that the police can jump to that this guy is going to kill other people or at the very least be in extreme danger to other people. So that's why if he gets into a Trader Joe's, their assumption probably was that he was going to shoot the place up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
There is a makeshift memorial now outside that store to remember the manager, 27 years old. Um, I don't know if you saw the footage of this, but I was watching it on Saturday afternoon, and one of the other employees had apparently dragged her out of the store. And, I mean, it was clear she was in bad condition. I don't know when she was officially pronounced dead, if it was right then or if it was later on when they were trying to work on her farther away. But four or five officers came up, you know, with three or four of them on point with their with their weapons at ready and were able to pick her up and move her to a safer spot so that they could put her down and, you know, four oh or five gosh. officers could try to administer first aid. But that was a – that was an image that – in all of this, I mean, everything that happened on Saturday, that's the image that I think a lot of people are going to remember. Her brother, Albert Corrado, on Twitter said that his sister worked at the Trader Joe's. The family could not contact her. And then he later confirmed that his sister was the one killed, saying, I'm sad to say she didn't make it. My baby sister, my world. That's horrific. I mean, and there's nothing. Trader Joe's can't can't do anything about this. They're no. just going to you close that store and... You know, whenever you reopen, hope the neighborhood um, continues to feel safe. And it's I mean, it was it was I don't know why he chose that spot. Uh, I don't know why he chose to go into the store as opposed to just continue. It was to just run. happenstance because he crashed into that pole right outside. You know, it could have been anything. I mean, it could yeah. have been the cleaner a half a block right. away or the right. Gelson's across the street. That's those are some of the most terrifying crimes to the random ones. Right. You, you go to a Trader Joe's on a on a Saturday afternoon. You're not thinking you're going to have to be dodging bullets. All right, coming up next, the all-caps tweet. I guess I should say another all-caps tweet from the president heard around the world. Frustrating. All right, uh, this Friday we're going to be live. Next News and Brews is going to be Friday, July 27th in Huntington Beach. We'll be right there close to the water, HQ Gastro Pub. Love it if you would come on out and uh, share some lunch with us and a beer. Maybe uh, just have a good Friday afternoon. Plan your excuses now. Mm -hmm. Plan it now. So that on Friday you're not, uh, you know, grabbing at straws trying to get out of work. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon, on this Monday, it's July 23rd. The top of the hour, we're going to have more on that uh, Trader Joe standoff from Silver Lake on Saturday afternoon that took so many people by surprise and then kind of held our attention for a few hours before it was over. One person was killed, uh, an assistant manager there at the Trader Joe's. And amazingly, the shooting that started all of it, where the guy shot his own grandmother seven times, she is apparently going to be okay. Um, But we'll talk more about that at 11 o'clock. Yep. Also, shooting in Toronto killed a 10-year-old girl, an 18-year-old woman last night, uh, yeah. tw- at least 12 more injured. I just saw this cross the wire from the National Weather Service. Uh, the National Weather Service will be hosting a webinar to uh, discuss no. this week's extended heat wave. No. Listen, you don't need to go check out the webinar. It's going to be hot. Damn hot. Super hot. They're saying that on Wednesday, for example, here in Burbank, it could be 110. We're going to have to be in our cooling centers. I think at my house, the forecast is 113 on Wednesday. Which is fine. There's nothing. You could stay inside. Right? If you want to go poor from air conditioning costs. Well, insert SolarMax commercial here. All I mean, it, 
this is why go we, stand is, in the sprinklers. There's, this is why we pimp solar because we're always going to have these days that it's 118 degrees, and you don't want to feel guilty about running that thing 24 hours a day. Well, the president uh, apparently sat on his caps lock today. Um, he escalated his war of words with Hassan Rouhani. It was like a Rich Murata email. <laughs> Rich Murata used That's to always. That's not fun. It's true, though. He would send emails in all caps. Well. And sports updates. In all caps. In all caps. He still tweets every once in a while in all caps. Does he? Yeah. I'm going to go pull up the, light, the latest tweet, one. Tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. So this morning, well, late last night, the president uh, wrote to Iranian President Rouhani, and those are, you know, normal capitalization. And then he sat on his caps lock and said, never, ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. And then be cautious. Doesn't that sound like uh, Shades of North Korea? Yes, the, uh, the, the suffer the consequences, yes. the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. Yes. Yes. It also sounds like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Very good. Um, the the rhetoric comes on the backdrop of this, uh, the latest adversarial actions. Uh, if you remember a couple of months ago, President Trump announced his intention to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. Iranian ha- hackers have been planning extensive cyber attacks on U.S. and European targets. Mike Pompeo said last night in, in fact, I think it was in Simi Valley at the Reagan Library, said the U.S. supports Iranian protesters who he said have been taking to the streets recently to oppose corruption. He said, in light of these protests and 40 years of regime tyranny, I have a message for the people of Iran. The United States hears you. The United States supports you. The United States is with you. Um, I don't, do we really need to to get into a Twitter peepee match um, about, about this? I mean, no. it doesn't seem like it's the right uh, format for pushing back against what you consider a threat from Rouhani. Earlier yesterday, the Iranian president, perhaps the the comment that spurred the all caps tweet last night was. I was just trying to find that. uh, Oh, here it is. Rouhani urged President Trump to make peace, saying America should know that peace with Iran is the mother of all peace and war with Iran is the mother of all war. So in that that statement was made and Trump was responding to that. And I think that's why he went to the all caps, because he saw that as a threat. It's a very, um, well, somatically speaking, it's not really a threat. But, you know, I saw some headlines that says Iran threatening mother of all wars. It's not really what happened. No. No. And there are people who believe that this is, I mean, that Iran deserves this. Iran must be, is a regime that must be stood up to. And while I agree with that. They have human rights abuses that aren't that different from North Korea's human rights abuses or Russia's human rights abuses. Why wouldn't we make friends with them when we're busy making <laughs> friends with Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin? Well, the, the, the question I have is, why are we talking about it? Yeah, I, I mean, if you, our strength- This was just a reaction. This was a knee-jerk reaction to hearing that threat. I'm using finger coats from the Iranian president. I think our, our strength as a country, as a, as a culture, it comes from 
the actions that we take, not the words that we use about those actions. I mean, if we're going to go in and, and, and kick a country's ass, militarily speaking, we don't. We, we don't, don't need we to don't tweet in all tweet caps. In all caps. We're coming. But you know what? This administration does not operate that way. This administration operates through tweeting. Uh, some could say uh, bullying via Twitter. I just it's... hey, whatever happened to be best? Was it be best? The the first lady's yeah, uh, be like... nice on social media. Yeah. But I think uh, she was I think she was talking specifically about kids. Oh, got it. So we're in the clear. Uh provide children with the tools and skills required for emotional, maybe social maybe, emotional, social and physical health. Maybe this is a preemptive thing, like get in there so that the kids don't end up growing up and threatening war on Iran in all caps on Twitter. <laughs> Just teach them early on to not sit on their caps lock. <clears throat> all right. There was a strange story out of Chicago this week. Where a, uh, a candidate for mayor, who happens to be loaded, by the way, candidate for mayor in the city of Chicago is handing out money to, to voters. To voters. Now, <laughs> he swears this was not a campaign event. There was something, you know, more good-hearted than, than a campaign L- event. Listen, if you can get away with paying for votes, more power to you. Sure. That's America. <laughs> they were in Chicago specifically, but kind of America. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon, big stories today. One coming to us from Toronto, where a man walking along a street last night fired a handgun into restaurants and cafes. Two people killed, 13 more wounded there. He was shot and killed uh, by police. Also, the president gets into it with the Ron on Twitter. Told you about that. We'll get into more of that. Coming up at 1230 in Swamp Watch. And the man who barricaded himself in that Trader Joe's got into a shootout with cops in Silver Lake is doing court today. Willie Wilson is a guy running for mayor in Chicago. Millionaire businessman. Millionaire. Um, he showed up to a church, New Covenant Missionary Baptist Church yesterday. And handed out $300,000. That's not bad. $300,000 to about 2,000 people. He was able to do it using this. The Dr. Willie Wilson Foundation, a 501c. This organization is tax-exempt. It must not be organized for the benefit of private interests, and it is restricted in how much political activities they can conduct. He says he organized this cash giveaway to help homeowners who are struggling to pay their property tax bills. Um, There's just a little bit of a problem with that because he is a candidate for mayor, and he had this event with the Illinois governor who is also seeking reelection. Now, Illinois is steeped in political corruption. I mean, the list is long and distinguished of people who have paid to get into office, who have used office for for misdoings. I guess the latest, most notorious one would be Rod Blagojevich, who was governor, right, and was found guilty of 18 counts of corruption trying to sell Barack Obama's seat. And is listening to the show from the inside of a jail cell today. Um, But, I mean, all the dailies that were were mayors of Chicago, governors of Illinois, I mean, they were all uh, as corrupt as you can get. Now, the 
the most impressive part about this is that this multimillionaire guy can say something like, oh, this is this is definitely not a campaign-related appearance, me have, handing out $300,000. Even though, like Shannon said, the governor, the guy running for governor, Bruce Rauner, uh, incumbent, I should say, rerunning for governor, he didn't pass on the opportunity to talk about property taxes because what Willie Wilson said was, I'm giving out money to help people pay for their property taxes. And Governor Rauner said, oh, by the way, did I tell you I am the tax cutter? I am the guy who will bring down your property taxes? Willie Wilson, his spokesperson says the appearance was not campaign related. But I ask you this. If you are running for for Chicago, for mayor of Chicago and you appear with the governor of Illinois, that is camp- you could be going to a McDonald's. You could be going to the bathroom. It's campaign related. Yeah, it's I. I Everything's campaign related at this point. You can you and I don't know how you're going to get away with this. I mean, the money does come from the five hundred one c. Well, but even if even if that's the case, wouldn't you have someone else do it? I mean, just yes. for the appearance that's of why impropriety, it's blatant whoring, <laughs> like on all bases here. Um. State Representative Emanuel Chris Welch is a Democrat, and he went to Twitter and said, what the hell? Is the governor using Willie Wilson and this reverend to buy votes? It sure as hell looks like it. Now, here was the uh, the speech that Willie Wilson gave to all the people there. Uh, My wife and I have been blessed by God to be able to get a few of the material things out of life. So it's up to us to now continually share back with all of you all and others. So not only is he giving them money that day, but he's saying, I'm going to there's keep, more to come. I'm going to keep giving you money <laughs> as long as I get into office. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, one of the Republicans, um, a state representative in Illinois, said, check this out. If you wonder why Illinois politicians are often a national joke, how can Willie Wilson literally hand out cash at a public event? This is so wrong. Now, this is not it's not like he just got onto the world of charity. I mean, this is not a new thing for him. I mean, he has a foundation set up to help give out money, this 501c3 foundation. Um, but the idea that uh, I don't know, to, to me, it's one of those things where you'd have to you'd have to say, I'm going to draw the line or at the very at the very least say, I'm going to allow someone else to be in charge of the Dr. Willie Wilson Foundation while I run for mayor. It's got his name on it. It should have been (laughs) enough. But no, they went balls to the wall with this thing. Didn't we all learn about campaign rules and in in grammar school and middle school, high school when we were running for office? Do you remember those rules? Like I remember one year somebody brought in pencils and it was printed on the pencil or they sharpied the pencil, you know, vote for Christine or whatever. And then the next year, maybe somebody brought in candy. They upped the ante. People were giving away freaking goodie bags, you know, and the rules came out. You can't give anybody anything. You can't, you can't pay for people's votes. (laughs) And so people started getting so creative with it. Um, and I, I don't remember the ways, but it was it, maybe it was it, it was school related. And then they started with the pencils, with the good erasers and all that. No, I think you're right, because I remember that when when I was leaving, like I was a senior in high school and someone has tried doing that. Yeah. Uh, and they said, no, 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 you can't. And it was the goodie bags. It was it was bags full of candy. Yes. And like a soda or something. Right. Like that. Someone 
you know, someone just got a Costco membership and bought a flat of sodas and then so then, them out to then we all learned the way around that, which is when you give your speech when you're running for office, you promise things that you know you could never deliver, right. like free vending machines. You know, you do what the what the mayor of San Francisco, I think, did. You know, you, you get elected on unicorn dreams. Less poop. I think that was her speech. Less poop in the street. Now, the campaign spokesman, Scott Winslow, said that this was not a campaign event, that uh, he launches, he's probably given away a half a million dollars since he launched his campaign to be mayor, and that the campaign is not violating any campaign finance laws by giving away this money um, since it wasn't involved with the handout. Now, hold on a second. You can't, I, I have a hard time believing that someone somewhere would see the candidate for mayor handing out money as a campaign event. I mean, it, it's it seems like it's clear that the candidate himself or herself is part of the campaign. The state elections board says that Willie Wilson did not violate any election law. So there you have it. I can't imagine Illinois State. The Illinois State Election Board has any credibility. That that's a strong point. <laughs> uh, Illinois State Board of Elections spokesman Matt Dietrich says the fact that the money came from the foundation seems to allow him to avoid running afoul of campaign finance laws. Saying, as far as we can see, it looks like he didn't use campaign funds for this. Okay. Mm. All right. Shady, shady, shady. Welcome to Chicago. Hey, uh, this Friday is our next News and Brews. We're going to be live at uh, HQ Gastro Pub right there in Huntington Beach, just across uh, right along PCH there, across from the beach. We would love it if you would come on out and uh, say hi. Watch us do the show live from 10 until 2. Make a day out of it. Maybe go by the fair after. I didn't think about that. Or go to the beach. Uh, Start the night early. Go in on Thursday night. Grab a hotel room or something like that. Sit down on the beach, watch the sunset, get up early. It sounds don't beautiful. Early. I mean, you don't have to get up early because the show doesn't start till ten. But come on out to HQ Gastro Pub this Friday in Huntington Beach for our latest news and brews. Special guests, perhaps, maybe even some special gifts. I don't think I'm you should just promise it with special questions. gifts. Well, because Willie I, Wilson I, can pass out a half a million bucks. Yeah, but we don't have that. We have stickers that are this big. But they don't need to know that we don't. have I just don't think that you should promise special gifts when we have stickers. I mean, I guess we could bring stuff from the office again. Maybe you could fold some origami swans. I'll do that. Excellent. Excellent. Coming up next, all the latest on the Trader Joe's shootout. We'll have all the details right here on Gary and Shannon. And I want to feel something It's a big week. We are asking you to come join us on Friday. It is going to be a great time out there at HQ's Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach for our news and brews this Friday. You're going to want to be at the beach on Friday because it's going to be 412 degrees everywhere else. That is one of the big stories is our heat wave that's coming this week. Uh, Also, a couple of people killed in Toronto last night in the uh, Greek town neighborhood. I guess home to a bunch of different restaurants and cafes. A guy literally just walked down the street and shot into the restaurants. Uh, a 10-year-old, I think, and a and a 18-year-old. 18-year-old were killed. 13 other people were hurt before the uh, police came along and shot the guy. And the president in uh, 
in true Trumpian style, in all caps, said to the president of Iran, you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. Gary, I have a surprise Uh trending story to tell you about. Lay it on me. Because I know you hate the death of a relationship. And there are so many relationships that you hold so dear. And my heart breaks every time. when I have to tell you that Stormy Daniels' husband has filed for divorce. Yeah, you know why? You know why? I could name a lot of reasons why. Okay, well, I didn't know she was up, married for one. Let me pull one. up the no, uh, no, list of movies. Don't do that. Do not do that. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. Daniels movies. Uh, I was going to say it's because she's been spending a lot of time with Michael Avenatti. Oh. And because she was in Sex Bots Programmed for Pleasure. She was in a video called Screw You, another video, Dirty Deeds. Let's see, reason number five for a divorce. How about this? Sleeping Beauty. Never mind, can't read the rest of that. (laughs) Uh, Nymphos. Divorcees. I'm leaving out some words here. Love in an Elevator. Mm. Sex Therapy. Sex Lies and Spies. Whatever. Well, it's not like she it's not like he married her and didn't know what she did for a living. Yeah, but that has got to take, build that, up. That takes a toll. It takes a toll day after day. You know, when your wife says, uh, I, I gotta go, today. I'm I'm I gotta show up for Matrix porn stars, uh, the shoot today. So, uh, oh honey, I got I'm next week I'm on the road, I'm filming spreading my seed. Uh, I think that that takes a toll on a, on a marriage. Well, I thought they were going to live. For it that. may have been Busty Beauties too that did it. Just that was the one that was over the line, mm-hmm. or Breast Friends too. In uh, in the one o'clock hour, we do have uh, Terror in the Skies that we have to tell you about. Uh, thanks to Michelle for uh, producer Michelle for oh, keeping is, an eye out on. This is a good one, and I bet many of us have wanted to do this on a plane. I mean, not no. wanted to, no. but felt like. That felt was, like it was an option. Yeah. yeah like not it, that like, you want to, no. but you're like, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, it looks like we have got quite the memorial that is building up flowers and balloons and posters outside the Trader Joe's market in Silver Lake. The scene of that deadly shootout and hostage standoff that lasted hours. The store will remain closed until further notice, as you could understand. Melita Corrado is a 27-year-old store manager. She was the one uh, who was shot and killed after this 28-year-old guy who was already being chased uh, because he had apparently shot his grandmother seven times, uh, led police on a chase that ended at that right outside that Trader Joe's, and that's where he stormed in and took all those people hostage. Sarani Ackerman, 49 years old, told the L.A. Times she was walking toward the checkout line with her 19-year-old daughter when she heard just this huge screech of tires, and gunfire begins to erupt outside. She says many customers took off toward the back of the store, uh, cowering in bathrooms or ducking in aisles as far away as possible. She says seven us of us were hiding in the back behind the bread. There were a lot of shots fired. She says the the guy with the gun stayed near the front of the building with about five employees. And at some point, he notices that people had found ways to exit the store because people were climbing out of windows and stuff. So he orders one of the hostages to walk the aisles and round up anyone else who was hiding, including Sarani and her teenage daughter. She said that there was a lot of blood in the store. 
She said she overheard the guy with the gun talking to police. He was demanding to speak with his grandmother, the grandmother that he shot seven times. And we told you earlier that it seems like grandma raised this guy and gave him time after time, chance after chance of run-ins with police and just being an argumentative apple. And she could always take him back, always take him back. I think one of the scary parts about this is that it's not immediately clear who fired the shots that ended up killing Melita Corrado. And it, it doesn't change much of the story. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that this guy is going to be charged with murder uh, and suspicion of attempted murder for or attempted murder, I should say, for going after his uh, his grandmother. But it it adds, I think, a sense of tragedy to it that is different than if uh, my example is if, in fact, Melita was hit by police gunfire, it's a tragedy. If it's this apple that shot her and killed her, it's more horrific to me. They they had to open fire on this guy. If this was somebody and he was he, he busted out the back window of the stolen car shooting at officers as they were chasing him. If he is so brazen as to shoot officers or attempt to shoot officers in broad daylight, that needs to go into the calculus of how officers need to respond when he is in a filled store armed. You have to assume you have at that point to that neutralize him as soon as possible. Yeah. They did hit him. I mean, they did shoot him, and I guess they hit him in the arm. If you saw that coverage on Saturday afternoon when he came out with his hands cuffed and uh, above his head when he came out in that group, you could tell that he had a pretty significant wound on one of his arms, and um, they were able to get him, you know, taken care of. They took him to the to the medic unit. Paramedics were patching him up before he went in uh, to jail. He's officially been booked on suspicion of murder and could potentially face charges, including attempted murder. Authorities said that uh, Grandma was shot as many as seven times. She is still in critical condition, but the latest report is that she is expected to survive this, having been shot seven times. That's like 50-cent land right there. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking, is that Grandma is like 50-cent. Well, he was shot six times, I think, in the head. Didn't he? No, not in the head. I think he was shot nine times. Oh, nine times. But all in the body. Um, I'm going to look that up. There were 10 people that paramedics had to treat at the scene of the Trader Joe's on Saturday, including the gunman and his girlfriend, uh, a 12-year-old boy, 41-year-old woman, 70-year-old woman, 81-year-old woman, all hospitalized with minor injuries and listed in fair condition. There were some other people that had to be evaluated there. They were, whether they tripped and fell or whatever, hit by broken glass. Uh, but it was just one of those terrifying moments where you, I could not look away, especially in those instances where that big sliding door would open up and one oh person would come out and you never know what's going on behind them. You couldn't see into the store very well. Uh, like you said, that memorial is going to continue to grow perhaps until they reopen or even after they reopen. Coming up next, it looks like the Sacramento Bee has dug in to see how much we are paying to keep statewide officers safe. You're saying statewide officer. What are you talking about? Oh, you know, like the state controller or like the state superintendent of public schools, insurance commissioner. Uh I bet you. Is there could, a lot of security threat around those? People? I bet you couldn't pick the state controller out of a lineup. I mean, when I say you, I mean all of us. Because uh, you know, 
I'm a fan of state controllers. Oh, you are? Oh, I love them. Oh. Are you kidding? I have the trading cards. Gary Hoffman, fun fact Monday. I didn't know that. What else? What else Nobody. is there in there? Uh, news and brews. This Friday, we're going to be in Huntington Beach HQ Gastro Pub. There is room for you. Should we I invite promise. the state controller? Oh, that's a great idea. Somebody, Nick, Nick get on the horn. Uh, we're going to invite state controller. Is there anybody else that you like? You want to uh, do the? Tr- you want to invite the treasurer? Or? No, I think- anybody from the board of equalization? Oh, board of equalization. That's a great one. <laughs> They're on the list. That's a good one. All right. Oh, and maybe a mosquito abatement district, perhaps, to get somebody out there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Gary and Shanna will continue just a moment. Big stories we're following today. It looks like the duck boat that capsized and sank last week, killing 17 people. They're able to uh, raise it from that lake near Branson, near that tourist spot there in Missouri. The uh, the heat is coming. Boy, they're, they're expecting heat wave uh, temperatures 110 in the valleys by Wednesday and Thursday. We got a statewide flex alert. Yeah. ISO calling for voluntary electricity conservation from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. tomorrow and Wednesday. People are being asked to uh, turn off everything. I think I'm just going to invite the neighbors over and we're just going to sit in the pool. Open up your own cooling center? Yeah, that's a good idea. Neighborhood cooling center. We turn our um, hot tub into a cold tub and just sit, sit in there. Smart. Yeah. Absolutely smart. All right. Um... I've been doing some research. First of all, this age age old debate is it a controller or a comptroller? It depends on where you are. Um, Gary, there- I'm just going to pull over the car. Number one, yeah. it's, it's really not a debate that most people are focused with. Uh, con- controller Kathleen versus Baxter, who is the comptroller in Alabama, has a problem with Ron Spillman, who is the state controller in New Mexico. Okay. This has been an ongoing I fight know, for decades. I know it's something that you're dealing with yeah. in your head, mm-hmm. uh, the fight between comptroller versus controller. Yes. But nobody else cares. Again, I, don't I would totally I mean, disagree with you. Okay. Philip Denman, the Comptroller for New Jersey and Ron Neck to the controller in Nevada have been firing back tweets back and forth, all caps about the difference between controller and comptroller. So don't give me the whole nobody cares. Do they say never ever threaten my comptroller status again or yes. you'll suffer consequences the like of which few throughout history have ever suffered before? Right. I guess it does get heated when when you're talking about this. In the state of California, we have a controller. How do you feel about that? I don't mind it because it's it's the newer version of the word. So it's like a new adaptation, perhaps. And California's always been on the bleeding edge of technology. Our state controller is Betty Yee. Betty Yee. And last year, we spent as taxpayers... More than $800 a day to provide a car and driver for Betty Yee. Now, is that the state just not getting a good price for said car and driver? 
Is that just signing off on expense forms and it doesn't matter how much it is? It's like when we found out that there were elected officials paying uh, $40,000 for a desk because they were just getting fleeced and hosed because they didn't care how much anything was. I feel like we could get a better price for a car and a driver than $814 a day. Well, what do you, I mean, are they talking about 24 hours a day? Because that doesn't... Yes, the California Highway Patrol does round-the-clock protection of Betty Yee and the state's six otherwise, other statewide constitutional officers. All right, so Betty Yee has the biggest contract. Outside of Jerry Brown, he actually does not have to repay... He's the only one not required to reimburse the Highway Patrol for security services. Um, Yee is budgeted for up to $360,000 a year. That's the highest of any of these other down-ballot officers. John Chung is right behind her at three fifty dollars a year. State Insurance Commissioner Dave Jones, $260,000 a year. State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tom Torlakson, quarter million a year. Secretary of State Alex Padilla, two hundred, dollars And then Lieutenant Cap. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom at the bottom of that list at 150. So now, the guy with the the I guy laugh. with the best name recognition well, is the cheapest when it comes to protection. Even more than that, the guy who's second in line should something happen to Jerry Brown has the cheapest protection. That doesn't happen. I mean, if if you're talking about the presidential order of succession, the vice president has basically a carbon copy Secret Service protection as does the president, as what you would see the president have. So the CH per, uh, CHP provides the cars and drivers, then bills the individual offices for the costs, and then we pay that bill. Interesting. Sounds like the CHP might be uh, price gouging here. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't begrudge the uh, the CHP because they have to. Well, they have to. They're told to do this. It's not like they made the decision to protect Betty Yee. You saw John Chung in the debates. How'd you like to sit in a car with that guy for four hours driving from Sacramento to Fresno? Well, he's not a firecracker, but he's a smart guy. I mean, how would you like to sit with Tom Torlakson? Fine. Or Dave Jones, little Dave Jones. He's He's a, a little guy, isn't he? He's insurance commissioner, Dave Jones. Are you kidding that guy's probably got stories. Have you seen those? I think those it's funny, by the way, commercials? that you're obsessed with Betty Yee, the state controller, but yeah. yet, uh, you know, turn your nose up at John Chung. Well, if the treasurer, if you're interested, and again, this may be farther down the hole, but if you're interested uh, about the difference between controller and comptroller, uh, Dave Von Mole, who is the comptroller in the state of Virginia, he wrote an essay as part of his um, his master's thesis on the difference between controller and comptroller. David Von Moll, if you want to if you want to look it up. M O L L. Nobody is going to look that up. Not one person is going to look that up. Listen, I'm just saying. Negative like said, negative three people are going to look that up. If you're interested in the difference between controller and comptroller like I am, that's that's must that's must read material right there. How are we doing on getting Betty Yee to the news and brews, Nick? Any movement on that? Uh, she might have a thing. I told her to cancel that. Whatever that. And hang out with been. us. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, and just I let her know. I driver, though, because that pay, dude. If necessary, we will fire off an all-caps tweet to Betty Yee yes. to get her out there. Our news and brews is going to be this Friday, HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. 
and we're going to do the show live. We're going to love it. We would love it if you would come on out and say hello as well. And you never know, Betty E might show up. You know, usually controllers work with a government agency, but mm-hmm. comptrollers are, I'm sorry, comptrollers are employed by the government and controllers are employed by private organizations. Right. And? That's it. That's the end right, of the debate. Right, but Betty Yee is a perfect example of the word controller being used for someone who works for the Gary government. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. We're never talking about that again. Uh, quick quick, tr- quick trivia. Can we do a quick gas go-around, Blake? Just a, just a quick gas go-around. All right. Who is the state comptroller in New Hampshire? Blake. I don't know. Uh, you know why Nick. you don't know? Because nobody cares. David Burton. Ooh, close. Uh, uh, oh, Eric. No, Amy. <laughs> Michael Moore. And Shannon. John. No. Dana Call. Oh, that was pretty close. How is Dana Call close uh, to John Burton? I said David Burton. He did say David, so he got the first two letters right. It is Dana. (laughs) When we come back, huge doings this week in the Aliso Canyon gas leak. There is one specific witness this entire case is going to hinge upon, and she is testifying this week. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, keeping our eye on the big stories of the day. A man who barricaded himself in that Trader Joe's and that deadly shootout at uh, in Silver Lake is due in court today. We'll keep an eye on that. Oh, wait, something just crossed. Well, it doesn't relate to the court costs, but it does say from 115 to 215, a free Healing-centered trauma-informed yoga class will be offered in response to the shooting in Silver Lake. There is nothing more Silver Lakey than what you just said. Yep. There's a say, uh, read it again. A yo- uh, free healing-centered trauma-informed yoga class. Okay. Excellent. Uh, heat is coming this week. I think Wednesday is expected to be the warmest day of this week, where temperatures could reach. Uh, 110, perhaps, in the valleys, a little bit more than that. So uh, this is also a good time to remind you that on Friday, we're going to be at the beach, actually. We're going to be at Huntington Beach this Friday at HQ Gastro Pub for our next News and Bruce, and we'd love it if you'd come on out. It was three years ago that that massive leak happened from a well at Aliso Canyon. Largest gas blowout in U.S. history. People in Porter Ranch are still worrying about this. Worrying about their health. Will it be compromised 5, 10, 20 years down the road? Uh, Not just breathing in methane gas, but an array of toxic chemicals. There's her name. There it is. May Liu. May Liu is the principal engineer of the chemical and environmental section of the Engineering Analysis Center for SoCal Gas. And May Lou's name appears in, according to the lawyers, 1,700 emails that went back and forth about what exactly was in that leak from the well at Aliso Canyon. The key part of the lawsuits against SoCal Gas 
is to find out what caused everyone's nosebleeds and headaches and nausea and a few cases of cancer, as a matter of fact. And they're saying that the the truth in all of this is probably going to be in pinpointing the amounts of some incredible, uh, incredibly dangerous chemicals, pinpointing uh, pinpointing the amounts that were in that gas leak. May lose testimony, they say, is a potential gold mine for the plaintiffs. But gas company attorneys have been able to use multiple strategies to prevent her from testifying. It, this has gone on for months, and now a judge in the case has ruled that the gas company uh, is wrong, and the judge is ordering May Lu to testify Wednesday in L.A. Superior Court. Yeah, so this is going to be a huge deal. She is going to be able to uh, – uh, what the lawyers assume is she will be able to explain the specific amounts of benzene, formaldehyde, arsenic, and hydrogen sulfide that were in the gas that was leaking out because those things are the things that caused all of the health issues or most of the health issues. And the questions that they have that the lawyers have already come from her emails specifically. Just to give you an example, when she testified, uh, not in open court, but uh, when she testified to lawyers about monitoring for impurities like benzene, she said that there were only trace amounts of benzene, but then sort of uh, amended the answer to say that the levels range from one part per million to nine parts per million. Okay, that's with an M. According to the State Office of Environmental Health Hazard Assessment, the exposure limit for benzene is one part per billion with a B. So that if the levels that she mentioned were correct of nine parts per million, that's 9,000 times higher than what the state deemed safe. The gas company does not want her talking. During her deposition, which lasted four and a half hours, the lawyers for the gas company objected 342 times. That doesn't happen. They were bending over backward trying to break up whatever information she was conveying. Rex Paris is the lead attorney for 9,000 plaintiffs, also the mayor of Lancaster. He says what she will provide is the billion-dollar answer. He says that this case could reach up to 30,000 different people that could get claims. He's asking before uh, between $1.5 billion and $2.5 billion. He says it depends on whether they settle or go to trial. Wow. The... The issues that this woman has in her head. No, that's not the right way to put it. The answers that this woman has in her head about these issues, I think, right. You said it's the billion dollar. She is the billion dollar witness here. Because if you look at, I mean, again, just to, just to specifically drill down on the benzene portion, that's not talking about the other chemicals that are involved here. The long-term effects of benzene can cause cancer. It it slows down the production of red blood cells and bone marrow. That can lead to leukemia. Um, independent doctors have come in and taken blood and tried to evaluate the health of people who experienced the gas leak and said that they were sickened by it. The amount of time and exposure as well as other health critical factors in all of this. And she initially testified that the gas company didn't even test for benzene or other toxics like formaldehyde. 
later saying they did, but then they stopped. And the gas company released a statement last week in response to the judge's decision that says that May Lu must testify, saying that South Coast Air Quality Management, OEHHA, and the L.A. County Department of Health all took samples during the leak uh, and the months after the leak was finally capped and said they found no long-term risk to public health or safety from that gas leak. That's going to be some interesting – I know it's going to be wonky and scientifically boring, but at least interesting testimony to see how the gas company gets away from it. You know, it's going to be made a lot more interesting and riveting when people have actual skin in the game, right? Yeah. I mean, if her testimony is going to provide the answers that could mean this is a $2 billion case, uh, people are going to get very interested on levels of benzene suddenly. And I don't know how you put a, a monetary figure on cancer down the road. That's that's the judge or that's the jury's decision at that point. Coming up next. Did an innocent man die in prison for a murder that the Golden State killer carried out? We'll dig into it when we return. Gary and Shanna will continue. It's uh, Monday, it's July 23rd. Big stories that we're following today. Court today for that guy who held hostages at the Trader Joe's standoff in Silver Lake. One person was killed, the uh, the manager, one of the managers there at the Trader Joe's. And that store's going to stay closed for just the foreseeable future. I mean, uh, it looks like investigate uh, investigatively the cops are done with it, but... Um, we don't know when they're going to reopen. Police in Toronto trying to figure out why a man last night fired a handgun into restaurants and cafes as he was walking along a street there in Greektown, killing two people, wounding more than 13 more before dying during an exchange of gunfire with police. There is a White House news conference going on right now. Sarah Huckabee Sanders answering questions about the president's all caps tweet today towards President Rouhani of Iran, saying you will never threaten us again. You will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. So, Well, it was the day after Christmas in 1975 when Donna Jo Richmond, 14 years old, was uh, walking along. Uh, She apparently was due home. And never arrived home. Uh, They found her bicycle damaged, abandoned in a neighbor's orange grove. And underneath it was a handyman's invoice book with a name inside that pointed to an obvious suspect. The name was Oscar Clifton. Oscar Clifton was 35 at the time. He was a carpenter, a painter. He had a decade-old conviction for assault and attempted rape. He lived in the area. And they picked him up for the kidnapping. She was found dead in another grove a few miles away, and the charges that were kidnapping became murder. He was convicted, and Oscar Clifton died in 2013 while serving his life sentence. He said he was innocent the whole time, and now they're looking at maybe the possibility that he was innocent to this crime and that it was the Golden State Killer Joseph D'Angelo Jr., who was guilty of the murder. There were a couple of other cases around that same time, uh, about a year before Donna Jo Richmond was killed. Jennifer Armour was found dead, drowned in a canal close to where 
Donna Jo Richmond was found. And then Beth Snelling, if you remember, we've talked about this case before, 1975, about three months before Donna Jo Richmond was killed. She woke up in Visalia with a guy on top of her, and he tells her to leave the house with him. And if you remember, the dad wakes up, and whoever the Visalia ransacker was ends up shooting and killing dad in that whole spree. But this this story about um, about Clifton, Oscar Archie Clifton, is pretty amazing. And I think it goes to an example of cases the way they were tried before science was able to narrow down suspects, where you could get somebody on a circumstantial case like this. You still can. True. You know what? I, this is the thing that drives me crazy, and it'll drive prosecutors crazy. In all of these hour-long, 60-minute CSI shows, there's always DNA. There's always something science can do. And so jurors actually go to murder trials now, and that's a question. But where's the DNA? Well, you know what? Not all murderers leave behind DNA. There's not always scientific evidence. I mean, there's still many cases that are circumstantial cases. Well, in this case, they're saying that he was largely convicted on just a couple of pieces of of this evidence. The invoice book with his name inside was found by Donna Joe's bike. And the um, prior, the prior, uh, you know, for, for assault and assault attempted, attempted rape. rape. Yes. There were tire imprints nearby the bike that they said was similar to the tires on Clifton's truck. Just like in my cousin Vinny. The strongest physical evidence, they said, was a single hair that was found on Donna Joe's sweater. Um, sorry, uh, it was on his sweater that he was wearing the day of the crime. An expert who testified at trial said that that strand of hair could have been Donna Joe Richmond's hair. But it also could have been a match for Oscar Clifton's daughter. Again, we're talking mid-70s, so for some reason they weren't able to determine the difference between the two. Mid-70s and a dead girl in a field. They wanted to lock somebody up for this, and he right. fit the bill. There is no physical evidence. There's no blood found on either her or him that def- definitively linked them together. They said that there was a, suspected, or a substance suspected to be semen found on her but that that proved inconclusive. There were some problems that came to light after he was convicted when appeals attorneys were fighting very hard to get people to take another look at this case. Number one, the day after he was arrested, his picture ran in the local newspaper. Local newspaper. This was a small town, about 5,000 people. Um, this was before some witnesses at trial had identified him to police. So his picture was already out there and already planted in people's minds. So oh. how can you how can you believe their testimony when they're already running the guy's picture? Throw into it, they ran in the story that she had been raped and sodomized, although that never came up in the autopsy. And he was only charged ever with attempted rape. In fact, the Sacramento Bee, in putting this together, notes that... Um, the autopsy concluded that she was virginal. I think that's a word that would have been used in the mid-70s, probably not today. And that the the mouth and her genitalia were found to be free of trauma. So the idea – and none of that was ever corrected in that small-town newspaper. So not only is this guy's name out there, they've whipped up public opinion against this guy by you know adding details to the crime that didn't exist. Prosecutors in this case also failed to turn over all the evidence before trial, including fingerprints taken from his truck and a witness interview that could have been exculpatory, uh, may have placed him somewhere else at the time of the crime. And it looks like 
he should have probably gotten a, a new trial. But this was a guy that in 1966 was arrested for assault with intent to rape. Um, he attacked an 18-year-old woman while she was sunbathing along a riverbank. Uh, the woman said that Oscar Clifton was wearing a blue bathing suit and a stocking mask over his face. He grabbed her, pinned her to the ground, and then took off when uh, a car pulled up. What's interesting is that a lot of people believe a lot of people in his family, in Oscar Clifton's family, believe that he didn't do it, and that when they saw the evidence against Joseph D'Angelo and the potential for him to have been active in that area at about that same time. Because he was working as a police officer in that area. Yeah. They thought maybe that's the guy. Maybe he's the one who really did this, and Oscar Clifton died in prison uh, while serving time for a murder that he didn't commit. Coming up next, it's noon, which means we'll get you caught up to speed on everything everyone's talking about right here on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. We will break down all of the biggest stories. Stop that. Don't turn that off again. Sorry. All the biggest stories of the day. Okay, now it's... But I've got to let you know about this one. She did it. Don't look at me. I've got to tell you about this one. Remember how we said that Stormy Daniels' husband wants a divorce? And we went through the myriad of reasons why that is understandable. Any one of them, like breast, thousands of breast, movies that she's done. Breast friends too. Oh, uh, okay, this is why he wants a divorce. He's accusing her of cheating. Wait, hold on a second. It's a very gray area, isn't it? When you're married to a porn star, he's accusing her of. cheating. So I guess that's like sex for pleasure, not for it's business. As soon as she doesn't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. But one could argue if she was cheating on him with her attorney, she might be getting paid for it in the long run. As soon as she doesn't get paid for it and doesn't film it? What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. We've been telling you all day uh, about the latest details coming out of that Deadly shootout at Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. It all began when a man, police say, shot his grandmother seven times, kidnapped his girlfriend, took off in grandma's car, and crashed into a pole outside that Trader Joe's. That's when the standoff began. Looks like grandmother is up and alert. That is crazy. That is crazy. She's been shot several times. Uh, I think the number that we saw on Saturday was seven but uh, that's an amazing thing. Grandma Mary, Mary Elizabeth Madison is, is grandma's name. Melinda Corrado was the manager, 27 years old, killed in that shootout. Family saying, uh, and friends and customers, she was a bright light. There was a terrifying set of tweets that went out from uh, Melita's brother, I think it was, that was saying he was trying to locate her on twitter yeah. trying to find information cuz she was in the he works she works at the trader joe's and i can't find her and i haven't heard from her and then to find out that she was the one who was killed uh he tweeted i miss my sister i wish this wasn't happening feels good to be with the family though my dad is doing his best to keep it together i am too 
families coming from as far away as Australia and then use the hashtag Melita Corrado. You were uh, immensely loved. President Trump, speaking of Twitter, has taken to Twitter in all caps to go back, uh, push back against uh, Iran's president, Rouhani. He says in all caps on Twitter, never, ever threaten the United States again. Consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. Hmm. We're no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. Be cautious. It's like that Cardi B song. Be careful with me. That's exactly what I think he was trying to do is reference Cardi B. We'll talk about it coming up in Swamp Watch. Also, just crossing the wire, it looks like the White House is exploring the idea of revoking security clearances of six former Obama officials who are Trump critics. Why do they still have security officials if they're not working in the administration? Security clearances? Or security clearances. That is a good question. I don't know how that works because it's not like they would I don't know. Like James Comey still has security clearance. What is he looking at that he needs security clearance for? I don't know. The duck boat that sank, killing 17 people, has been raised from the lake. It looks like there was a uh, mechanical inspector who inspected this duck boat last August and saw a huge problem with it. He said, one of the most prominent things I found was the exhaust being in front of the vessel, which would not pass regulation, according to today's Department of Transportation standards. And he warned people about it. Yeah, his his problem is not that you're going to suck in the exhaust as you're driving uh, or uh, piloting this as it becomes a boat. It was that if the exhaust is coming out of the front and going below the waterline, and as you've seen the video, I'm sure by now this thing was porpoising up and down, the waves could push the water up into the exhaust. And if water gets in th- into the engine through the exhaust. Goodbye engine. Yeah, that engine's going to stop. So, uh, But just a horrific story out of, uh, out of Missouri. Well, here's another one of those. Oh, great. Two people killed, 13 more injured when a man decided to fire his handgun into restaurants and cafes in Toronto last night. They said they're not ruling out terrorism as a motive. Uh, No indication at this time that shooting is terrorism related. Uh, An 18-year-old woman was killed, 10-year-old girl. And authorities haven't identified the attacker yet, only to say that he was 29 years old. Um, but it was just an you know an evening in I think it's the Greek town neighborhood of Toronto, and those who were injured range in age from ten all the way up to fifty nine. So we told you last week about Josh Hader, right? Josh Hader, professional pitcher for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and there was an Associated Press story that showed when he was a kid, he wrote some really stupid tweets. Racist stuff, using the N-word, tweeting about KKK, talking about his genitals and what he wants to do to girls sexually. He said, they were never my beliefs. I was young. I was just saying stuff out of ignorance, and that's just not what I meant. These tweets were uncovered, and again, they were from 2011 and 2012 when he was 17. They were uncovered while he was pitching in the All-Star game. He learned of the situation when he left the game. That's got to be. That sucks. Your phone's blowing up in your locker yeah. and you can't figure out why. Um, when he showed up into uh, into the game in the bottom of the sixth inning, uh, was it Friday night, I think it was, the entire crowd gave him a standing ovation. 
most of the 36,000 fans were applauding, many of them giving him a standing ovation. Hmm. And part, I mean, part, they're not celebrating the fact that this guy wrote that stuff on Twitter. They're celebrating the fact that he handled this as well as you can handle it and and had teammates come out and stand up for him. Yeah. Other all-stars. Jesus Aguilar came out and said, listen, that is not the Josh Hader I know. Uh, as a Dominican with the skin color I have, I've never seen any instance of him being racist, any in, uh, inclination that he that he harbors those thoughts at all. So that was – it was good. I mean, to have – him handle it well, but to also have those high-profile character witnesses come out on his behalf. You have to come out on our behalf on Friday. You've got to come to HQ's in Huntington Beach. It is our gas news and brews. It is going to be so much fun. It's always a great time. You're going to want to spend the day at the beach because it's going to be 500 degrees out everywhere else. <laughs> uh, so come hang out with us 10 to 2. Grab some lunch. Grab a beer. Just knock off work earlier. Don't go in at all. Spend the whole day with us. HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach, right across the beach from, or right across PCH from the beach. So we'll have beautiful views, great food, a little beer if you need need that to get through the afternoon. Well, I think a lot of people need it to get through this show. Probably. More than we know. Probably true. Uh, A couple of things coming up in the next segment. The mugshot of the day and from boy band to lap band. That was Nick's line. I know. And for that, we could we commend him. Remember Color Me Bat? No, Color Me Bad. Oh. With two Ds, Color Me Bad, they're back. Bat Shaming Monday continues right after this. So can we break this mold set in motion something new? Forgetting what we know. An evolution overdue. Fight the current. Pull the record. Get away. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. President Trump considering revoking the security clearances of half a dozen former Obama people. uh, James Comey, John Brennan, uh, James Clapper. We'll talk about it coming up in Swamp Watch at 1230. We've got a flex alert in effect across California. It's going to be hot. you got to go do this. This? Yeah. Oh, you mean this flex alert? Kapow! Kaboom! No, 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 not that one. You're supposed to use less electricity between 9 p.m. I have 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. Hard to contain this much power. Wow. Dumb. (laughs) Uh, No, the heat wave, though, we could see 110, 113 by Wednesday. 113 at my house is the forecast for Wednesday. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, which is another reason why you should go to the beach on Friday. News and Bruce, HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach Friday, this Friday, coming up. We have on the website a wonderful, wonderful, highly entertaining mugshot. The reason it's highly entertaining is because it's not us. Mugshot of the day. Guys, kids, this is why you want to steer clear of meth. Meth is bad. Meth makes you do crazy things to your face or in this case your head your hair sarah elizabeth russell i think she just started off with like trimming her own bangs and and then she just went nuts on it she She was up for like six days she doesn't have eyebrows either oh yeah eyebrows are some of the first things to go well i mean unless you you start trimming those she's got two wisps of hair on either temple or I should say, a wisp of hair on either temple. So it looks almost like 
she forgot something. Here's another idea. Maybe she was really hot, right? And her she likes to wear a ball cap. You mean temperature hot? Yeah, definitely temperature hot. Okay. That's the only hot I'm ascribing to her. Got it. And her, her head was overheated. And so she says, well, I still want to keep my ball cap on, but maybe I'll just shave all of my head and then leave these two wisps so when I put my ball cap on, it'll look like I've got hair under here. It's almost as if she's trying to do an impression of an Orthodox Jew with payas coming down from her hat, but... That's also another option. Um, they're not curly, for one thing. The Hasidic Jews. Yes. Yeah. So here's the deal. She's being held on $10,000 bond after a, a mailroom worker spotted an unexpected bulge disguising a powdery packet stashed in an incoming card. Mm. Now, what's the, the problem is that Allred is a jail in North Texas. And the illicit supplies were addressed to a guy named Jason Burkett. He admitted that he made a card, he mailed it to Sarah, and told her how to send him drugs in prison. So she just put them back in the card and mailed it back to him while in jail. When you've been doing meth for two weeks, you're yeah. going to overlook some details. Yeah, we put the uh, <laughs> we put Sarah's mugshot on our website. If you want to go check it out, go to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword Gary and Shannon. What? Oh, it's on Twitter as well. Dream Got it. On, dream oh, hey, I remember these guys. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to stay. Mm. can totally see, uh, let's see, 18-year-old Gary Hoffman in the Petaluma High School gym. I would have said, like, 16-year-old me, just to be clear. I mean, just to clarify. Got it. What, dancing to these guys? Yeah. Slow dancing? Yeah. Yep. Would you sing in the girl's ear? No. No? That never happened. Rookie move. Uh, Did you ever make that move? Ever sing into a girl's ear while I was dancing with Yeah. I don't think so. That's a little loud, isn't it? Well, but I mean, maybe if, if gonna... you were doing like a whisper. Oh, like maybe. I adore. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it sounded horrible. It sounded like the baby under your stairs. <laughs> I know. Uh, Brian K. Abrams, uh, a member of Color Me Bad, was arrested yesterday after he shoved a bandmate so hard that he landed in the hospital. The reason we're bringing this up is because the Color Me Bad of our youth is. Not the same as the color me bad of our adult years. This guy has, I guess you could say, let himself go. Oh, boy. Go, go to the buffet. The current color me bad is only three guys. And I think we know he ate the fourth one. He did. He ate the fourth one and the drums. Uh, a question, though. If you were to go back and say, I mean, back in the day, color me bad. Mm-hmm. It was basically George Michael, Vanilla Ice, Kenny G, and Ludacris got together to create a boy band. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they looked like. There was something for everyone. Do you know which one this guy was? Was this the Vanilla it, Ice guy? It wasn't the Vanilla Ice. It was the other guy. It was the George Michael yes, guy? Yes, it was George Michael. The one with the longer Because, hair. and I'll say this because when I was watching the video of the fight on the stage, the Vanilla, vanilla Ice guy is this voice right here, that falsetto. Yeah. And he's singing this song oh. on stage when George Michael comes from the wing and tosses Vanilla Ice. Got it. Just to keep it straight. 
George Michael, Vanilla Ice, Kenny G, and Ludacris never did belong to Color Me Bad. I always felt bad for the one black guy, Ludacris, in your He's, theory. He, I think, is the one who's still in it. It's he, Kenny G who's He gone. looked upset in the videos. Like, what am I doing <laughs> with these guys? What's going on? What are we doing? These punks bringing my game down. Anyway... Brian pushes Mark without saying a word. Mark goes down and hits some sound equipment on his way where he is uh, end up hurt. He had to be taken to the hospital and treated for neck and back pain. As for Brian slash George Michael, he was arrested for misdemeanor assault, taken to jail. He's booked, set a bail set at $2,000. As for whether or not they're going to they're gonna make the next stop at Del Lago Casino in Tyre, New York. Well, that sounds a, like a fun night. That's a... Uh, it sounds like several mistakes were made at that point. If you find yourself at a Color Me Bad concert in New, in New York. Yeah. I tell you, I was playing the slot machines last night at the airport. <laughs> Why? Because the fun hadn't stopped yet. Uh, apparently not. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into Swamp Watch. A lot going on in Washington, D.C. The president's tweet today. Um, uh, the Georgia lawmaker who got caught, the latest guy to be caught by Sasha Baron Cohen making a fool of himself. Uh, and the president looking at the possibility of revoking security clearances for a lot of people who have been critical of him. Did I ever tell you about the time that I went to an Indian casino to see Wilson Phillips? In the elevator today, somebody said he saw Carney Wilson mm-hmm. in concert this weekend. Yeah. More mistakes at the end. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, relatives of the guy who led police on that chase and shootout and standoff at Trader Joe's in Silver Lake say that this may have been brewing for weeks. He was arguing constantly with the grandmother that he shot seven times on Saturday before leading police on this chase. Another story, bizarre coming out of Riverside. Cops there now say a man who was shot by campus police in the neighborhood behind UC Riverside had two firearms and another weapon they're describing as an improvised firearm happened about uh, 1 o'clock p.m. yesterday. UC officers first to spot the man, and uh, he produced a firearm. They opened fire, shot, and wounded him. What was he doing there? Strange. It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. When we check and see what's going in, uh, on in Washington, D.C., the president right now at the White House is talking about Made in America. Got uh, a room there full of stuff made in each of the 50 states, including cowboy boots from Texas, baseball bats from Pennsylvania, snowboards from Colorado. Baseball bats from Pennsylvania. Seems strange, doesn't Should it? Should be from Louisville. I'm sorry? Louisville. You're, you're swallowing your... You're supposed to. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like that. Uh, Meantime, the president uh, has been apparently thinking about, uh, at least looking at, revoking security clearances from some former officials. Not not under his administration, 
under the Obama administration. Yeah, White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders said today the president is exploring the mechanisms to strip clearance from former CIA director John Brennan, along with uh, James Comey, James Clapper, and, and other people. Yeah, uh, she threw into it former NSA director Michael Hayden, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe as well. She said that uh, the president believes that these former officials politicize their positions by accusing Trump of inappropriate contact with Russia. And she said in some cases that they have monetized their I'm sorry, monetized their clearances. But she refused to clarify exactly what she meant by that. I'm assuming that is a reference to some of these people now working for networks as talking heads. Right. But but, but it's not clear, or at least not the way she said it. It's not clear. Um, I don't know. I, I got to do some... Nick, let's get on the horn on this. We got to figure out exactly who gets to keep a security clearance and for how long. Right. Um, because... It's I don't know why somebody like Michael Hayden or Susan Rice outside of the government would still have access to these things uh, unless it's a common thing. I know that there are outside contractors who would have security clearances, uh, but I don't know if these people are considered outside contractors. Uh, so and what it takes to get your security clearances revoked. It reminded me that back in uh, I think it was February, the director of national intelligence, Dan Coates, had been talking about the system of security clearances for top officials was broken. This was in response to the White House aide, I think Rob Porter was his name, who kept his access to highly sensitive information despite accusations of domestic violence. You know, it may just be one of those things where, you know, James Comey being the director of the FBI, if the new director of the FBI has a question or, you know, they, they want to go back and see how they handled it in previous years, that those discussions are still had. That once somebody leaves the CIA or the FBI, they're still available for for the next in line uh, to, to use as a sounding wall or, or anything like that. Counsel. Right. I suppose. But but then what would it take to get that revoked? I don't I would assume that it would last for at least another Round like uh, James Comey would would have his until maybe uh, another FBI director steps in after this one. I don't know. We'll have to look into it. Do you want to hear about Paul Manafort? Paul yes. Manafort news. Oh, trial starts soon for him. Well, a federal judge today postponed it until next week. The trial it's been scheduled to start Wednesday in federal court in Virginia, but the U.S. District Judge today pushed the trial back in order to give Manafort's lawyers. More time to review thousands of pages of data and documents turned over by prosecutors in the last several weeks. It seems like this judge wants this thing to go if he's only giving like a week of a, a delay. Yeah. You know? Well, and uh, I think it was Manafort's lawyers who a couple of weeks ago were trying to change. You know, they were arguing that they needed more time because right. he was so far away in that other jail. And, and then the judge said, OK, we'll move him to a really shady jail that's closer. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 yeah. no, no. We'll we'll take him out of the country club jail he's in in upstate Virginia and bring him uh, right around the corner from you at the federal detention center with all the bad guys. Oh, the just really kidding! Bad guys. Just kidding! It's okay. And they moved him anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna that will happen next week. It looks like uh, we'll get into some more stories, including whether or not Stormy Daniels' husband had a restraining order filed against him, even though. 
he has now filed a restraining order against her he, as part of the divorce. He is accusing Stormy Daniels of cheating. I Okay. Curious to see how that one would play like out in court. I feel like that's shaky ground in court on that one. <laughs> is his lawyer advising him that that's the best court? I mean, just, I could just... Just even irreconcilable differences. We've just grown apart as opposed to cheating. Ugh. <laughs> I can't, apparently, he's a big deal in the porn world. I just looked at Have a... Have you seen him? Yeah, this is him. Yeah, I know. I saw him. It, gross. I just looked at a picture of them together, and now I have to go shower. Uh, you want some Purell for your eyes? Maybe some Lysol? We've got a lot of those products floating around here. Yeah, and it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Mm -hmm. place is still in absolute style. Yep. Gary and Shanna will continue just a moment. More Swamp Watch when we come back. A reminder, this Friday, we're going to be live at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach this Friday, July 27th, for our next News and Brews. We'd love it if you would make up an excuse to come on out there in the middle of your day and start Friday the way you should. With us, News and Brews, doing the show live at HQ Gastropub Friday in Huntington Beach. Gary and Shannon. Top story locally that we've been following for a couple days now, that Trader Joe's standoff in Silver Lake that grabbed everyone's attention on Saturday started when a guy shot at his grandmother seven times. He was upset with uh, some arrangement about whether or not grandma was happy with his girlfriend living with them. He did not kill his grandma. She is in critical condition, but after having been shot seven times and undergone several surgeries, she is expected to make it. It's when police were chasing him. He ended up at that Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. The shootout that took place when he crashed his car is apparently what killed um, a woman who was a manager at that Trader Joe's. Did you hear about that stabbing at the BART station in Oakland, the MacArthur station, last night? Teenager and her sister are getting on the uh, the train there, and a guy out of, out of nowhere stabs him. Is it a homeless and the guy? Teenager, uh, the teenager dies. Eighteen years old. Uh, the other big deal is this week we expect plenty of heat. In fact, Wednesday is expected to be the hottest day of this week for this current heat wave, where we could see temperatures here in Burbank over uh, uh, around at least 110. Right now, it's already 98. It feels uh, feels a little bit hotter than that. Well, we're in the middle of swamp watch, talking about what's going on in D.C. And the president uh, earlier today fired off a tweet that made him sore. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back. Relax and enjoy my tweets. And I hope on his behalf that he knows how the caps lock works because it's hard to finger hold the shift button down while you type in all caps. It was a response to Iranian President Hassan Rouhani warning the U.S. that the war with Iran would be the mother of all wars. Well, he said, this is the direct quote, America must understand well that peace with Iran is the mother of all peace and war with Iran is the mother of all wars. Immediately, the media picks up on this and headlines are blaring. Iran threatens the mother of all wars or threatens America with the mother of all wars. He also had a message directly uh, pointed towards Donald Trump that says, do not play with the lion's tail because you will regret it eternally. So the president, uh, knowing him as as well as we do, d- 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 that kind of talk does not go over well with Donald Trump. Right. His his and he said it multiple times before. When you when you get punched, you punch back harder. 
So in this case, all caps. When you get tweeted at, you tweet back in all caps. Never, ever threaten the United States again, or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. Do you think that in 20 years when Twitter goes away because nobody's <laughs> making money off of it, yes. that we will look back on a time in American politics and call it like the Twitter years when all of these global leaders are talking to each other and, and yelling at each other on Twitter? You know, it used to just be statements released from offices, right? Yes, or happy, fun pictures of the president and a dog or something like that. But nothing's thought out anymore. No. No. It's, it's just reaction, reaction, reaction. It's, it's. I don't know if it should be concerning or if it's just the way things go. I mean, I don't think any of us would have said 18 months ago, well... I don't think anyone, any of us would have said that this was a sustainable pace of, of consistent news about the administration. Like this, it can't last this long. Like either, either we're going to calm down, or or the media is going to calm down, or the president's going to calm down. Somebody was going to calm down and take the fire, uh, take the fuel out of the fire, and it hasn't happened one bit. Have you been paying attention to what Sasha Baron Cohen's doing on Showtime? Yeah. Nah. Well, I have an opinion about it, and I don't. That's odd, because you know what we do on this show. What? Talk about that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's necessary to make fun of dumb people. I almost feel like that's a. It's it's too easy a target, and in all seriousness, this is not the time or the environment for us to continue making fun of dumb people. I, I mean, I, I, I'm saying that even though we're ju- we just threw up a picture on our website about the, you know, worst meth mugshot we've seen all week. But the, you're using deception. In his case, Sasha Baron Cohen is using deception to get these people to do stupid things. Last week, the series featured several Republican lawmakers and gun rights supporters backing a fictitious program to teach kindergartners to use firearms. Yeah, the the kindergartians program is what it was. And now we've got a state representative, Jason Spencer, who was yelling racial slurs and exposing himself on this series. This was an episode of Who is America? Uh, repeatedly used the N-word. Yeah, he... Well, I'll play that clip for you. I, I, it's bleeped out. So you could be the victim of kidnapping by ISIS. Okay. Now, this is Sasha Baron Cohen playing an Israeli security professional who's trying to record a video that's supposedly going to be used in Israel to teach people how to respond in the event of a terrorist attack. All right? So that, now that we've got that. You could be the victim of kidnapping by ISIS. You have two seconds to attract attention. How do you attract attention? Well, you start screaming, take your clothes off. In America, there is one forbidden word. It is the N-word. Now, I am going to be the terrorist. You have three seconds to attract attention. Go! No! 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 Are you crazy? The N-word is noony, not this word. This word is disgusting. 
right. Now, one of the other things is, first it's of like, all. It's kind of like gotcha yes, uh, humor here. It gets worse because that one, well, uh, there's no excuse for that. But, but this, it gets worse because he says, hey, the one way that you can protect against ISIS or at least throw them off their game in the event that someone attacks you is threaten them that you're going to turn them gay. And this guy, I don't know. Now I am going to teach you how to use your buttocks to intimidate ISIS. Show me the buttock. No, trousers down. I'll touch you. I'll touch you with my buttocks. I'll touch you. You're going to drop the gun or I'll touch you. USA. Okay, stop. You have to remind me. If I touch you, you will become a homosexual. Okay, now try to touch me. Go. Ah, ah, ah. Go. And he's running around with his pants around his ankles, butt first towards Sasha Baron Cohen, who is. This is somebody that dodging. was elected to office, huh? I mean, I think that there's a case to be made for if we're electing ass clowns, we should put that highlighted on display center stage. Like, I think that all the ass clowns that we've elected and that we're paying it's gonna be a lot. to do their job, a lot they should be people. exposed as ass clowns. It's going to get its own channel. He says there's no excuse. Um, he did say that he was distracted by his fears. He's distracted by his fears of being attacked by ISIS. And that's why he was playing along here. Because Sasha Baron Cohen was taking advantage of his fears. He apologized for the ridiculously ugly episode, but says he will not step down from office. He was t- told the, det- the techniques would help him deter what I believed was an inevitable attack. Apparently, this guy needs to go away. Uh, apparently, he has uh, had a lot of scandals. Well, maybe not scandals, but has had... Uh, Issues in the past, he warned a Democrat in Georgia not to try and get rid of Confederate statues, saying that if she went to his area, she wouldn't be met with torches, but something a lot more definitive. So here's a guy who's perceived as a racist already. Yeah. And he goes on television to do this. And Sasha Baron Cohen knew exactly what he was doing well and the thing is he didn't tell him how he was going to use it he supposedly told uh mr spencer that he could have final say on the final cuts etc but that it never happened so uh quick corrections and retractions what did we do uh i mentioned that the president's tweet was from today that tweet all caps last night damn it gary i'm sorry i screwed that up thanks to brian for listening closer than i'm speaking what the hell are you doing? Um, I don't know. And then finally, Stormy Daniels' husband has filed for a divorce. Um, he accused her of cheating on him. Was that cheating she did in Breast Brothers too, or Breast Friends too? Breast Brothers. I think she was in both. Of <laughs> I those think that's selections. a much more. I think that's a much more specialized uh, version of the show, uh, of specific movies. By the way, hey, look, look what I found. Corrections and retractions. Oh, you put so that away. You I'm are just saying, I found so it. in trouble. I found that the, wasn't me. Kate, I found the treasure trove. Wasn't me. Kate's is going to end you. Wasn't me. Just making it clear, wasn't me. Wasn't me either. Nick, it wasn't Nick either. When we come back, me. quick market Monday. We have terror in the skies and next hour, Uber confessionals. We want to know what went wrong with your ride share service this weekend. Did somebody play fat bottom girls for you when you got on the K-F-I. car? K-F-I. 
Stevenson Ranch area there. Never heard of it. No? We'll keep an eye on this. Yeah, this um, L.A. County fire had tweeted out that uh, there was a large header showing several miles out, so you could probably see some of the smoke from this fire burning way up in Pico Canyon, uh, which is if you're if you're driving up I-5, for example, the first exit that you get to when you get into, uh, I guess, second exit when you get into Santa Clarita Valley is Lyons and Pico, and it'd be way out to the west of the freeway there. Um, there's not a whole lot out there. Uh, there is a Mentryville, which is a small park that's got some uh, some old buildings and a couple of old oil wells up in that area, but for the most part, it's basically an oil field that goes all the way out towards uh, the 126 and in the in the wildlands there. So uh, it's burned before. President Trump considering revoking the security clearances of half a dozen former Obama administration officials, including CIA director, former CIA director John Brennan, along with FBI director James Comey. And I did look that up and it is pretty commonplace that heads of FBI or CIA, they keep their security clearances so that they are on hand if the next director of the FBI or CIA has a question that comes up or needs some guidance and wants to talk to the guy who had the job before. So that's why they keep their security clearance for several years after they leave the post. Never knew that. Um, there were a couple of other stories locally as well that we would keep an eye on. The, the one person who was killed in that Trader Joe's standoff in Silver Lake on Saturday. And, of course, the heat wave this week. We expect temperatures and if fires start popping up, this is not a good week for it. But fires, uh, but the heat wave could reach probably 110 degrees by Wednesday. Well, we've got a handful of these money stories. Oh, huh? let's talk about Market Mondays then. It's Market Monday on Gary and Shannon. Because everyone loves money. And alliteration sounds great on the radio. Well, Papa John's is worried about Papa John. <laughs> Yeah, they're worried about John Schnatter. They want to keep him away from uh, the the company. He resigned as a chairman, if you remember. We've covered this for a couple of weeks. He resigned as chairman after he admitted to using the N-word on a conference call, although he didn't use it as – it's hard to say he didn't use it as a pejorative. He didn't use it to address anyone, but he was saying Colonel Sanders used to use it to address people, and his company still thrived. Just j- – we can't say it anymore, okay? It's the magic nuclear word you can't say anymore. Getting rid of him completely will be difficult. Uh, he and his associates own 30% of the company's stock. He remains on the board, and he sure as hell is not going to go quietly. He sent a letter to the pizza chain's board accusing it of not doing any investigation when he was forced out. He said that the decision to remove him was based on rumor and innuendo, and it's going to be a serious fight. They're talking about the poison pill in all of this. The poison pill language adopted by the board of Papa John's is designed to prevent anyone, anyone from taking control of the company by buying the controlling stake in the open market. And it would go into effect if if John Schnatter and his associates increase their stake to 31 percent or if anyone else acquires 15 percent of Papa John's common stock in a deal that's not approved by the board. So he'd then be allowed to buy shares at a discount that dilutes the control of anyone else trying to build, buy up a stake. And basically he uh, waters down the board's power at that point. But you're talking about the stock market. The stock, Papa John's stock is down more than four, was down 4% in pre-market trading 
and has just been taking it in the pants in the last two weeks. Speaking of that, uh, Tesla's having some issues in the pants department. Tesla has asked some suppliers to refund a portion of previous payments made by the company, and shares fell on that, trying to get cash back to, to help Tesla become profitable. Hmm. Shares down 6.1% today. And this is not just Elon Musk calling that British diver a pedophile. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it shows bad judgment and instability. I I saw a a headline when that was hot and heavy several days ago, uh, Elon Musk's Twitter fight with this British diver um, in reference to the Thailand cave rescue. And it was a, a comment that Elon Musk's tweets were proof that there's something darker and worse at the heart of what is Tesla. Just that that he himself, as much of a genius as he's being credited with being, he doesn't have the ability to make sure that that company stays healthy. Which, when you look at all of the problems with its uh, suppliers, when you look at the problems with the Tesla, the Model 3, that there's just some ingrained problems in that company that they've never been able to outgrow. And and as they continue to grow, they get worse. You want a story about Elon Musk that has a dose of America to it? Sure. There has now been an agreement, a legal agreement, over the picture of a farting unicorn. (laughs) Apparently, a potter in Colorado had designed a mug in which a, a, a unicorn is farting, and of course the unicorn farts a rainbow. And then the... Images, similar images of farting unicorns were used in Tesla in-car interfaces and promotional material. So this potter from Colorado sues, saying, Elon Musk was using my farting unicorn without permission. (laughs) Now, I guess it's been resolved. Everyone feels good about the agreement and everything's going to be fine. That is America right there. A lawsuit over a picture of a farting unicorn. Yes, sir. You. Um, I am not the unicorn expert here. I totally defer to you on these issues. What does that? Uh, what is? What's the uh, the aroma? Aroma that's given off when a unicorn. It's, it's like a sugary, sweet smell. Like the the cotton candy machine at the fair. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Thanks, Blake. We didn't know what farts sound like. We had to throw that in there. L.A. County Fire is talking about the what's now been called the Pico Fire in Pico Stevenson fire. Ranch. Yes. Uh, I guess Engine 124 has reported that this baby's four to five acres in medium to heavy brush, moderate rate of speed, no structures threatened. Again, it's being called the Pico Fire if you want to keep updates on it. Looks like you can see it over the uh, hill end there of Poe Parkway. Hmm. Never heard of it. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, the the latest Terror in the Skies outfits. Uh, the Outfits? The latest Terror in the Skies stories that we've seen. A reminder that this Friday, News and Brews at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach. We're going to be doing the show live from HQ Gastropub, looking out across PCH on the beach, looking at the water. It's going to be beautiful because it will be 174 degrees, an opportunity for you to hang out at the beach and tip one back, have mm. a little lunch. Uh, Get all up in that. Liquid lunch. Oh, sing it to me, Amy. I don't sing in public. Oh, sure you don't. I believe that you have a beautiful singing voice. You believe wrong. Really? (laughs) I have a really hard time believing that you wouldn't be a good singer. You have such a great voice. Well, that's very sweet of you, but no, can't carry a tune to save my life. I try sometimes. 
by minute, myself. You mean you can't keep the pace or you can't oh, hold no. a note? I, I, I just suck. Hmm. Gary sings better enough a, for all of us. He does. Big person. Yeah. Would you like to sing now, Gary? I would no. like him to sing us something for no. us, for us challenged Come musically on. people. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Wouldn't you think I'm a girl, a girl who has everything? everything. Not a yes, sir. Not a follower. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. We are keeping an eye on this fire that has gotten to be about four to five acres brush fire in the uh, 26,000 block of Pico Canyon Road in Stevenson Ranch area. No structures immediately threatened. They have asked for a second alarm. The incident commander has, um, They, which means they bring in more people. The air tankers, air attack, all requested. They say it's got the potential to grow to 100 acres. They just say that so that they can get all the resources out there and lay that baby down. I just texted Fergus. Your dog? He can't see the smoke. So that's oh, good. well, that's fine. I think it's burning away from the house. That's good. But What's he, he doing? What's he up to? Laying around. What do you... Th- I mean, it's what dogs do. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if we had a movie on or... Laundry? I don't know. Possible. Oh, it's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Have you ever been on a flight from Britain to Poland? Never. Well... Let's see, how long is that flight? Two hours, London maybe? to Poland. Travel time. Can't be that long. Yeah, about two hours. Okay. Good call. So, usually, if you follow the rules that we have laid out for you when it comes to flying, you go to the bathroom right before you get on the plane. Right. Pre- pre-plan those fluids. You should be fine for a two-hour flight. Well, this woman was not. No. What happened was... Um, she was told she couldn't use the toilet. Mm. Um, the plane was fueling up before takeoff, and passengers were temporarily forbidden from using the loo. Why? And she says to her friend on the phone, you have to help me before the flight takes off. I am peeing in the aircraft. <laughs> we actually have the pictures of her, her <laughs> squatting in the galley, Pants down. It's on the website. I actually have a story to tell you about something that happened in Vegas when I was oh, in the bathroom. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, but anyway, she's peeing on the ground, definitely relieving herself. She does look relieved. And um, she's got a bunch of paper towels, it looks like, in between her legs, as well as a sea of urine. Okay, but now you were saying, when we were leading up to this story before, you were saying uh, that you have... You've at least felt the need to do this. Well, I think everyone has felt like they've had to go pee-pee um, on the plane before. And it's either there's turbulence and the, the seatbelt sign does not come off. And, you know, you still can get up and use the bathroom if it's on. It's just you get dirty looks. And I like right. to follow the rules when it comes to air travel. So I try <laughs> to stay in my seat. 
And there have been a couple of times where, you know, they, they, they're not going to take the seatbelt sign off and you got to go. You got to go. But I didn't think it would ever come to the to the to this. I didn't think I'd ever end up, you know, squatting in front of strangers with my pants down, urinating. And get caught plane. on camera doing it. <laughs> get caught on camera. There's at least five pictures of her. <laughs> is there no, is she did not have a travel partner that could hold up or at least protect her? Okay. If you or were, is that the travel partner? If you and I were traveling together yeah. and I said, I have to pee, I'm going to go in the galley, mm-hmm. would you really even help me or would you just... Let me make my own bed and lie in it. My bed of urine. My bed of urine. That's a good question. You probably wouldn't because you knew, you would know that it would be a security issue at that point. Right. And I would have to go, I don't know who she is. It's exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Passengers on flights from uh, Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey on the way to India are complaining about bed bug infested seats. 17-hour flight from Newark to Mumbai, or Mumbia. Is that, the, is that a place? And by the time they landed, one family complained that their infant was covered in bites and bleeding. No. From bed bugs. There's my house right there. There's the bar. That's not your house. That's, that is brush, and they're going to get on top of this thing, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's in some rugged terrain. It looks like it's burning away from homes right now. Just because you can't see In this them. angle. Let's see here. I'm pulling away here. We'll get a better shot. This is Pico Canyon. Oh, it's far away from home. I don't even see any homes. That's true. They'll, they will put that thing right down. You don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I promise sure you this will be out in, in uh, By the time I minutes. get home? Yes. All right. Uh, another passenger tweeted to the airline that uh, to Air India that his family out of Newark on July 18th and his wife and three kids were covered in bed bug bites all over their body. I'm itching. Are uh, you itching at all? Uh, yes. I hate bite. I don't know what it is about bed bug stories. Never felt like I've ever been threatened by bed bugs, but it's when you start saying it. Yeah. You start and to, then, yeah. You start to feel well, it. Well, and it's because it's, it's going to be such a situation. You're going to have to throw out everything. Yeah, they're going to have to burn the inside of that airliner just to just start it with fire uh, and, and get going. Yeah, now you can see my house right there. Um, so, oh, and then finally, the story about the flight attendant that pleaded guilty to for attempting to smuggle two dozen spotted and box turtles in a carry-on bag. Chinese national entered his plea on Friday, expected to be sentenced today. A flight attendant putting... Putting two dozen turtles in a carry-on bag. You see that water drop? Yep. I saw it. Uh, we're watching, by the way, this fire. One of uh, what we expect is going to be, unfortunately, a few of them this week as we see record high temperatures. This one is burning out in the uh, Stevenson Ranch area, Santa Clarita Valley. So it's way up towards Pico Canyon. If you know where Mentryville and that park are, there's a road that goes off into uh, oil fields out there. And it looks like this is where that's burning sort of west of the end of Stevenson Ranch and burning to the southeast. So it looks like it'd be burning away from the homes for the most part. But you never know. Winds could shift. We'll keep so. an eye on it for you. For me? For you Thank and you. everybody else. Excellent. I think it's going to be fine. L.A. County Fire does not mess around. They do not. They do not. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 coming up. Oh. We want to hear your Uber confessionals. We have a couple stories, but... We want to know what went wrong in your ride share.
this weekend. Crazy stories. Driver, passenger, whoever you are, we'd love to hear it. 1-800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. As we bring back our Uber confessional. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. One of the big stories that has just developed in the last hour is this four to five acre fire in Stevenson Ranch area. They are doing helicopter water drops right now. It looks like oil field workers are being evacuated, but so far no structures threatened. They do have crews deployed for structure protection. Hey, uh, See some hand crews out there, too. Spokesman for L.A. County Fire says that this fire has the potential to reach about 100 acres. And in that area, I mean, there's outside of the homes that it appears to be moving away from, there's not much out there for it to burn. Uh, it's out farther past Mentryville, so it's not like it's going to burn the uh, the buildings that are there. And uh, there are oil fields that Shannon mentioned, but other than some of the pumps out there, there's just not a lot of stuff out there. So there's plenty of place for this to go and not really uh, cause too much damage. So, okay. We'll keep an eye on that. Again, this fire burning in the Santa Clarita Valley area, just outside of uh, Stevenson Ranch, sort of uh, just southwest, it looks like, of Stevenson Ranch. And they have a, a nearby former school site, actually, that's just leveled now. It's just absolutely flat, big open field where they've been landing some of the uh, the helicopters and can fill them with water and make the, what is that, maybe a half a mile trip, it looks like, before they drop anything in there. So New court filing today by a law firm that's representing a bunch of former and current students of USC. This is that lawsuit about against USC, saying that the school mishandled complaints that that longtime gynecologist engaged in inappropriate behavior during pelvic exams. The court filing today brings a number of people suing USC and Dr. Tyndall to more than 100. And then uh, also the president, the White House announced today that the president is looking at ways to remove the security clearances of uh, former CIA chief John Brennan, uh, former FBI director James Comey, and some other Obama-era officials, security officials, who have been very critical of, of the Trump administration. So see how that happens. Well, we were talking about Uber. Uh, and if you had anything crazy happen in Uber, we would love to hear your stories. 800-520-1534, 800-520-1KFI. I haven't done this in a while, but Uber confessionals. Maybe you're a driver and you had the craziest passenger or you took an Uber or Lyft or some other ride share and things went absolutely south. On Saturday night, a recent Saturday night, a couple of women in their early 20s call an Uber from uh, from Ballpark Village right around the ballpark near downtown St. Louis. This guy shows up in a black Chevy, uh, Chevy Silverado, and they climb up into the, the back seat of the pickup, and they got purple lights inside of it, which, you know, I guess is a, a fancy way to encourage people to use your Uber. Yeah, it, it gives it, that, it look neat. that virgin feel of the purple lighting. Uh, guy was friendly. The guy driving, Jason, finger quotes. Uh, women were asked where uh, he went to high school. They joked about friends. They're going to meet at a bar across town. What these two women didn't know about this guy and specifically the car that he was in, this big Chevy Silverado pickup truck, is he was live streaming, streaming the entire thing. 
People were commenting on the girls while the live stream was happening, saying the blonde is a seven, the brunette's a five. (laughs) She doesn't sit like a lady, though, one viewer added. This is creepy, somebody else. Apparently, they're among hundreds of Uber passengers who have been streamed online without their knowledge by their driver, a guy by the name of Jason Gargak. He's given about 700 rides in the area since March through Uber, plus more through Lyft. And he's been streaming them to his Twitch channel. Now, that's you, you can watch this, right? You would subscribe to his channel and you'd basically just be in the car with him I'd probably without anybody that. knowing. Yeah, I'd probably. There's watch. something weirdly voyeuristic and appealing yeah. about that, and I don't know why. But 700 rides, um, he's had everyone from kids to drunk college students to public figures like a local TV news reporter. Uh, the guitarist for Alice in Chains got into his car. And first names are revealed. Sometimes full names are actually revealed. Homes are shown. Passengers have thrown up. Passengers have kissed in the back seat. They trash talk their relatives or friends. They complain about their bosses all while this is going on. Now, the other aspect of it is that on Twitch, you can comment. And as this online audience is watching what's going on without the knowledge of the people in the back seat, they're judging parents about whether or not kids should be riding alone. They're mocking the conversations. What's They're worse? Assigning scores to the women. What's worse? An Uber driver who live streams your trip or an Uber driver who queues up fat bottomed girls once you sit down in the back seat of his car? Is that what uh, you got to tell that again? That was the great because I was laughing out loud yesterday waiting uh, for the for the payoff on this this text I got from you, which said I just got was an Uber or Lyft. Lyft. I just got into a Lyft car, and the guy started playing Fat Bottom Girls. And I it would have been funny if it was like it would have been funny, haha, like oh she got in and Fat Bottom Girls was playing. Yeah, no, 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 no. he queued it up. <laughs> like we couldn't leave the parking lot until he started this song. Then he promptly got onto a conference call after I was like going over the horror of this in my head and texting people to share my horror. He says, Oh, I've got to take a call. And he gets on this conference call and it seemed like some sort of like religious pyramid scheme thing. All these people on this conference call and it was all about their growth and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what they're selling, I don't know what the game is. But I don't think Jesus would have been a fan of him making fun of my bottom. I'll tell you that. Well, you don't know if he was making fun of it. Maybe he was appreciating it. Mm. Um, mm. Let's uh, let's see. Is it Jesse? Jesse is an is an Uber driver. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Gary? Um, actually, this Saturday I picked somebody up from downtown. Uh, you know, very tall, attractive young lady. I uh, picked her up from, like, this, the shopping center, and uh, it was a short ride. So I'm driving her, and then uh, she was wearing these bracelets, and I could hear, like, the clanking, like, clanking, 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 and, you know, paid no mind. And then um, as we're getting closer to destination, I, I, something, I just, something, you know, made me just turn around, and as I turn around, she's got half her skirt down, and, you know, like, she's wearing, like, white panties, and uh, she's actually changing in my back seat. <laughs> uh, so by the t- <laughs> yeah, so by the time I dropped her off at the hotel she was going to, 
she was wearing a completely different outfit, completely different, like, you know, bra and everything. I'm like, I was just really surprised. And as attractive as she was, she had, a, you know, no shame. And, uh, well, Jesse, you know, just, I think yeah. this says more about you than it says about her. I mean, I think that she looked at you as a trustworthy individual and you wouldn't be all creepy about it, that she thought she could change in the car with you driving. You know what? That's actually good. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate that. And you know what? Maybe the the tinted windows in the back kind of did help out, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's the first time that's ever happened. And uh, that was definitely a a first. And like I said, it just happened on Saturday. That is crazy. I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, for sure. I bet she totally doesn't even know or think about the fact that you did see the white panties. You know what? I think she was, like, so, like, calm and complacent about it. So to the point where I dropped her off and like, you know, she's a very attractive, like you can even say like, you know, model type of, uh, you know, of a young lady. And she, she was wearing like now she came in like one of these like white, long, like, you know, summery dress. And then she uh, dropped her when I dropped her off, she was wearing out like these hot pants, like tight with a different shirt. And like, I'm like, what the? Yeah. So that kind <laughs> of uh, threw me off a little bit there. That's yeah. great. So, Jesse, thank you. Thanks, man. No problem. I'll see you guys on Friday. Oh, great. We'll love to see you. We're going to be at uh, HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach, and Jesse knows that. We want you to come as well. Well, We're taking calls. We do have another story as well about vomit fraud that goes on in Uber and Lyft cars that could take advantage of you. But if you have a great Uber, Lyft, rideshare story, whatever it is from the weekend, we are in the middle of our Uber confessionals, and how you share them is by calling us, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1515. Three, four. Tell us what happened in your Uber ride over the weekend. I love it when we end the day with something called vomit fraud. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, big story today is, uh, at least right now, fire that's burning up in the uh, Stevenson Ranch area just north of I-5. As you get into the Santa Clarita Valley, uh, it's only about 10 acres right now, but they're saying it has a potential to get bigger than that because, if nothing else, it's 106 degrees up there. Um, they do have some resources that are easy to get to right there. Uh, L.A. County has a couple of different helicopters that are in the air right now. The Sheriff's Department has been rolling through, and they have not ordered any evacuations as of yet. Looks like big changes could be coming to those duck boats. Remember the one that capsized uh, last week, killing 17 people near Branson, Missouri. Lawmakers are getting on that right now. Maybe the end of those duck boats. All right. Uh, we're in the middle of our Uber confessionals telling stories about what's going on. That guy in St. Louis who was uh, live streaming the passengers and their conversations in his car. Jesse called to say that somebody changed in the back of... Uh, in the back of his car. Oh my gosh, can we please talk to Daniel? Sure. Daniel is calling. Hey, Daniel, what's going on? Gary and Shannon, I got a good one for y'all. Lay it on me. All right, so I pick up this sweet looking little old lady, right? Please don't tell and me so, she changed in the back of your car. Oh, no, no. See, I wouldn't have that. Got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I noticed she had a bunch of cats in front of her house, so I figured, oh, she must be like a cat lady of some sort, which she was. And, you know, we're all sitting there talking about her cats because I'm like Dr. Doolittle. I love animals. So she was telling me basically how she was stealing the neighbor's cats by leaving food out and then trapping them in the house. <laughs> and I said, oh, this is weird. Um, you shouldn't be doing that, lady. She was like, oh, I was just trying to fill a void. 
for a cat that passed recently. I said, oh, that's so sad. She was like, yeah, I know, but I just can't wait till I die so I can be reunited with it. Oh, wow. boy, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, you can't go around stealing people's pets. You just can't you do can't it. You can't go around saying you want to die to be reunited with one. That's a good point. That's a stronger point. <laughs> oh, my goodness, and it just blew my mind. I dropped that lady off at her old lady thing, and I went on about my way. Her old lady thing. <laughs> Daniel, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Uh, Jennifer is calling. What's your uh, confessional? So I picked up uh, a young girl from Santa Monica at a bar, and she was completely annihilated and dressed as a as a bunny rabbit initially until she eventually stripped down butt naked in my back seat. No. And crawled into the floorboard uh, and started drunkenly singing Beyonce songs. Very uh, sad. No. I don't know anybody what do you, what do you, soberly sings a Beyonce song. What do you do in that situation? Like, is there a helpline you can call? I've got a drunk, naked bunny in the back, and, and she's singing Beyonce. What do you do? I, You know, I have no idea. She she eventually crawled into the front seat, like, over the center console. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I mean, butt naked. And I was just glad that I was that I picked her up rather than, you know, maybe somebody else, you know, and that I was able to get her home safely because she was not in her right mind at all. (laughs) That's terrible. That's actually depressing a little bit. It was, you know, it was funny initially. And then eventually, like after I had dropped her off, it it was actually pretty, pretty much a bummer. Yeah. Uh, You know, people get like that. But Jennifer, thanks for calling. Uh, Jakob is calling. What's going on? You're a, yes, you're, uh, a, you're an Uber driver, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, I picked up a bunch of kids from Norwalk from a house party. They were going to another party, another house party. And uh, one of the kids in front of the car, he told me, okay, uh, can you drive a little faster or else I'm going to take over? I said, oh, no, sir, you can't do that because I have to find out. Here. I don't know whether you're a good driver or you have a driver's license or you don't. He says, oh, okay, drive faster. Come on, put up, pick up some speed. As I did... I looked in my rear view mirror. These guys were having sex in my car. Oh. All of them. All of them. The pantyhose were flying all over the place, underwears. And I said, you guys, you can't do that. Because, Are you a cop? Are you a cop? You want to call a cop on us? I said, no, but it's inappropriate. What is appropriate? So we started going back and forth. Back and forth. I said, I hope I get you guys where you're going. Jakob, I have a question. Do you have leather seating in your car or is it cloth? I that was, that's a fortunate thing. Yes, I have le- leather seating. Oh, okay. Thank you, God. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just a quick wipe that's down. That's terrible. Yaka, Orgies in the thank back. Thank you for that. That was, uh, this is bad. The Uber confessional. <laughs> Kurt. I mean, it's good, but it's bad. Kurt, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm calling as a warning to anyone who drinks and calls an Uber and throws up in their car. I'm telling you, they'll charge you an arm and a leg. Unfortunately, I've done it a couple of times, and uh, they charge you $150. Plus the ride, and then I tip extra thinking, hey, I'm really sorry about it. But do not throw up in their car. They will charge you. Um, after the first time, did you have a talk with yourself? Did you say, Kurt, well, you, self, we can't let this happen again? Yeah, you know, it was, you look at the, you try to not look at the lines on the road, and then you start looking at the lines, and you get a little car sick. It was the second time that I really had it coming to God, and I said, you know, I can't be doing this anymore. It's too expensive. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, and I appreciate anyone who's given me a ride in Moreno Valley. 
I'm really sorry if I've uh, ruined anything in, in your property. That so. is funny. <laughs> Kurt, thank you, and keep it uh, keep it down next time, would you? Poor Kurt. There is a, uh, there is a scam that has been taking place uh, in Uber and Lyft in the world because when you request an Uber car, which obviously takes you to wherever you want to go, they can report that you threw up in their car. And unless you're paying attention to it, it'll charge you an extra 150 bucks without you knowing. They can receive a note from Uber that would report an adjustment in your bill, but a lot of people are just ignoring those. They just see as an email from Uber that is probably, oh, it's just my receipt for my trip or an ask, uh, you know, a solicitation of the, uh, the what do you call it, the rating for your driver, oh, wow. et cetera. But, you got to take a closer look at those things. Yeah, you got to stop throwing up. I don't throw up. Not convincing. Don't forget, Friday, we're going to be at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach. Speaking of rideshare, you could take one down there, maybe take one back to wherever you're going. For our next News and Brews, this Friday, which means we're going to be doing the show live, hanging out, having lunch and a beer with you, and uh, we'll be right across the street from the beach, which is a fantastic location, considering the amount of heat that we're going to get into this week. That's it. John and Ken coming up next. You betcha. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. L-A-T-T-I-H-T-B-D. Look at the time. I have to be going. Gary and Shannon. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender.